That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wynn. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, Batman slash DC podcast with no limits. We bring you comic reviews of the latest Batman books before anyone. We're talking midnight on launch day of the comic books, man. Right when that motherfucker dings. We are in Commissioner Gordon's office. I got Robin Cress up in Canada. I'm eating macaroni and cheese. <laughs> bring you another episode of the comic book stack in Commissioner Gordon's office, covering the latest Batman comic books today. Do we have a hot stack tonight i tell you man first of all it's devil's night halloween eve you'll all be listening to this episode november 1st right you'll be listening to this on uh, all souls day the day after halloween or, uh, unless uh they're doing it late night halloween while they're uh, eating their candy ah somebody has to say halloween ain't, ain't until manana <laughs> So it's Devil's Night. Me and Robin are in Commissioner Gordon's office on Devil's Night, covering the new books for you guys. And we're just going to crack it right open. Um, yeah, you called, you called this a big week, but for the last several months, every week is a big week now. Like I was telling everyone, it's like, just enjoy all of this now. Soak it all up now. DC Comics, everything is so fucking good. Even Harley Quinn's getting a new creative team. Great. I feel blessed on that one. It's like, um... That episode of The Simpsons where everything's going right for Homer. He's growing more hair. He's losing weight. He's happy. <laughs> and then, like, Marge says she's having another kid. And you see, like, his hair full up and his, <laughs> his gut bleeding a couple Yeah, we're, we're in the good area. Everything's coming up, Millhouse. <laughs> yeah. There was a time not too long ago when we were only getting one Batman comic a month. You know what? I don't know if I could ever go back there, dude. I'm t- we're too spoiled at this point. Batman White Knight <laughs> by Sean Murphy right now. After reading the second issue, I'd say it's the, the best bad book out right now so far. This book is nuts, man. I always said it doesn't even matter what the story's about because you know the art's going to be amazing. But man, this second issue is like, woo-wee-ho, but we're about to get into it. I think there are three or four pages out of this issue that I took screenshots of to be backgrounds on my phone. Yeah, I saw that. Batman White Knight. Number two, if you're a Batman comic book fan out there, you need to be pulling Batman White Knight right now. Drawn and written by Sean Murphy. Uh, issue one, quick recap. Um, what happened? Batman's locked in Arkham. He seems to be the crazy one after he has a confrontation with the Joker and shoves these pills down Joker's throat, which supposedly makes him like sane again. And now Joker Joker was suing the Gotham City Police Department. Yeah. Because very and uh, that, that, that scene, like, it's important to point out how Joker orchestrated that scene right you know, for for everyone to see you know uh, everyone witnessed uh batman beating him to a pulp after going on that chase through the city and saw watched him dumping those pills down his throat right and if you look in the one panel like there's 
there's the panel where you see someone recording a video on a cell phone. Yeah. And then when when everything is done, when the beating is over, you see the person walking away, and it's pretty clearly Harley Quinn that was recording that. Oh shit, that's right. Nice one. Because so it when was we first, all all a setup. When we first read that issue, did did you know that? Did you pick up on that the first time you read? No. It? Right. No, okay. I, yeah. I did not. I, I'm I'm kind of dense. Flashback to the forward where Batman's locked up in Arkham and the Joker's visiting and driving around the Batmobile. But it ended with um, them getting that footage of Batman shoving those pills down Joker's throat and Joker wanting to sue the police department and being sane again. And that image alone of him shoving the pills down his throat was so funny. If that issue was kind of setting the stage for everything going on, uh, issue two hits us with a lot of things happening. Yeah. Issue two was like overdrive. Oh, man. So good. Let's, uh, but to get into it, um, White Batman White Knight issue two... Um, you have Joker uh, up up to what's going on? Is he facing the jury right now talking about how? Yeah, yeah that, that was him making his case to the court uh, to uh, make sure he gets released. You know, made his, his pleading statement about how he was innocent and you know, not to punish the innocent man for all this. So what he's saying was that uh, Gotham City Police Department had no evidence against him that was incriminating and that arkham asylum created the joker now if you look at that first panel you see his face and his hair's all perfectly slicked back but his shadow shows like his nose a little longer on a profile and his hair's messed up you know showing like the shadow of the joker just and uh he he doesn't only make a case for himself but he sort of uh pins the blame for everything on uh on the city you know on on the police on the government and uh he's at the same time as trying to free himself from blame he's basically saying the same thing about everyone that's locked up in arkham sean murphy who lives over here in new york as well he's actually kind of touching up on a lot of things that's going on in new york right now as well which is because he was talking about uh his devastating critique of gotham seems to have really struck a chord with the social justice warriors and they're talking about uh backport neighborhood where they're taking a stand against mistreatment of minorities instead of viewing the joker as this patriot now who just started a media war against what he calls the gotham gatekeepers flipping everything back on gotham and batman at this point i like that zoinko's joke shop that he drew yeah i was looking at that right now yeah so this was the this was the best part for me and you i know you i know you thought of me when you read this (laughs) right come on (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, uh, the whole, the long time uh, bring Harley back to Gotham campaign. Yeah, but not only that, but I mean, the way he did it, it could, the only way it could have been more perfect is if somebody was killed. But, uh, you know, uh, the Joker goes back to the joke shop, which I guess was his old haunt or hideout. And then this new 52-ish or rebirth-ish. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad looking. looking. Harley answers the door. What's really cool about this is how the whole hideout is decked up in Halloween decor. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if I'm guessing he planned that because this book's going to be, you know, pretty much released like the day after Halloween. I thought that was kind of cool. He's Um, a smart cook. So, you know, Joker's in the hideout with this imposter Harley Quinn dressed up as Suicide Squad. I guess Sean didn't like that as well. And and Joker's, you know, trying to explain to her that he's changed and, uh, that he wants to give her the version of him that she always wanted, and she kind of, and he pulls out the engagement ring, but she kind of loses it when he calls her pudding, punts him in the stomach. Like, what the fuck did you just say? I was kind of looking at this scene here, you know, the that other Harley coming in, like the the classic Harley booting the 
the Suicide Squad Harley right. as like uh, not so much of that literally happening, but uh, as uh, sort of uh, explaining like the two sides of Harley that came up because they talk about you know the, there was this other her that was there while he was gone. Uh, so you know I, I took that uh, to be explaining you know her inner self mm. and uh, the the old her coming back, right. you know like uh, his presence snapping her out of that. So you're saying it's one person? That, that's how I took it. You know, I, I didn't take it to, to be a literal uh, imposter of her there. But, uh, yeah, more of it just being uh, to illustrate her, you know, the, the two sides of her and the way she was while he was gone. And maybe to reflect, like, the way she is in comics now and uh, that he's returning the old her kind of thing. I don't know. I think so, because Sean Murphy tweeted before the book launched about how he wanted to bring the old Harley back or how, he, you know, he missed the classic Harley or the, the real Harley or whatever. And this classic jester Harley, like getting rid of the, you know, whatever new modern Suicide Squad Harley around the same time that it was announced that Amanda and Jimmy were leaving the book shows this major shift for the character and publishing. Yeah. Almost positive. People have listened. So it's Twitter, man, like. People were fed up, and they wanted, they wanted the old Harley back that lived up to her potential, and now you see it happening here, right in front of your face. It's not even subtle. It's like yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah, it's 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 literally a kick in the face. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And she even has Bud and Lewitter, the hyenas. Um, yeah, she could. She's calling them Jack. Sean Murphy draws classic Harley is like one of the best I've ever seen. He even has it down to how her headpiece, her headdress, the pom poms, it's the right length. Yeah, some some people even when they drew her in the classic style, like uh, when Jim Lee draws her, like uh, in Hush, uh, he was drawing her in the classic style in the Jester suit. But he kind of does those, does the ears that kind of uh, they look like like puppy dog ears hanging down at the sides. Yeah, they're really long for a Jester yeah. headdress, and uh, he even has the the little pom pom balls down to the right size from the animated series. So. It's like and, uh, we, like the, the shape of uh, like the little pixie boot things and everything. Yeah, he nailed all of it. Yeah, it's like to a T. So he wanted her back. Hashtag bring Harley back to Gotham. Now the page after this. It's a total shift. If you look at color theory, like the reds and the browns in the, the joke house, it's all what, what what's considered a warm temperature color palette. Mm-hmm. So then when you turn the page over... It's just blues and blacks. You could you could feel the all uh, all industrial. It goes from being you know wood floors and everything and wooden brick to all all metal and blue. Yeah, and what you have is a beautiful silhouette of uh, Doc Mister Freeze looking at Nora in her uh, capsule. Victor's work with Bruce because they're trying to develop something to save Alfred, right? Talking about uh, Sean being a fan of the animated series, and I think he had said before that he was kind of basing his his universe more on the animated series than anything else. Right. Uh, I think that's really reflected in Barbara's personality, how lighthearted she is. Yeah. In this scene, like, she, she's lighthearted and, uh, and positive without being, I don't know what to call it, with, without being quite Burnside. Right, yeah. W- when you read her lines in, on this page, you can hear it in, like, as if it's an episode of the animated series. Yeah, definitely. And he's the way he drew is like she's always like smiling uncontrollably, all this optimism and energy. Right now, what they're experimenting with is uh, testing this method of bringing someone 
out of the cryostasis that Nora is in. So they practice it on these mice that they've frozen. So they use this method to, to bring them back and Barbara freaks out because she thinks they're drowning, but then they're okay. And the side of, rapid aging was the side effect of this. So Exactly. And he, was, he went too soon uh, before Bruce could warn him so about it. So it catches up. So he was frozen in his 30s, but it's been 50 years. So now he's 80 after he takes that piece off. And then you could see the, the mice, they died of old age right in front of Barbara as well. The side effect of this state. And, and Bruce also pointed out that even if, uh, even if they did it on Nora you know, and managed to bring her back and she survived coming back, they still don't even have a cure for her disease. You have your Joker's favor and your heart of ice so far in this issue. Oh, there, there's another nod coming up soon that I, I'm sure I'm sure you saw and we'll get to it soon. It just popped into my head. So they go back to Harley's place. I, I love how one of the hyenas is eating out of a dog bowl. That part's really funny. Uh, how uh, he asks why why he didn't notice that that she always drank tea. She just drops on him a full synopsis yeah. of what's wrong with him you know she just diagnoses him that's what i right love. to his face <laughs> she's like you're a narcissist who suffers from sort of likely made worse by a chemical imbalance which way the medication is working you're probably not cured but with the right support you could be so it's like this is what i always try to explain to people because i think Deanie's vision was great but like the manta connor and jimmy palamati series whatever made her out to be a fucking idiot whereas yeah harley quinn is brilliant like, yeah, she, she is, and she, and she reminds Joker of that here, because you know he, he never even, he never took notice of the fact that she was. Yeah, she but was when able she to just diagnose. laid it on him there. You know, he he's just stunned, and she's, I'm a psychiatrist, remember? Yeah, she understood his whole state of mind and his diagnosis, but like just because she came off fun and ditzy, that was like almost a, a mask or one side of her. Whereas you know their book, the New Fifty Two or Early Rebirth book, was like. She's just a moron. So that was pretty cool to see, you know, to hear her diagnosis. And, uh, you know, she reminds him that she was a psychiatrist. There's a flashback to them. Yeah, she sums up their whole relationship. She knew all along what was wrong, what the problems with their relationship were and the way he treated her and why she let it happen. Yeah, I love that old Bonnie and Clyde feel to Harley and Joker. And the first time I've actually been excited about reading about Harley Quinn again. Yeah. I've pretty much given up on it for a little while. Um, and then she explains how the problem was that Joker was more obsessed with Batman than her by far. And they show him in that room with all the Batman merch and posters and stuff. And, and she's in the next room or whatever. And like a bra and her makeup with her hat on. It's so cool how they did that. Even, even the fucking hyena looks sad. <laughs> like, cool. Then they flash back to um, when he was about to kill Jason Todd in the basement. And Harley was trying to stop him. So what she did was she alerted Batman about it. Uh, they showed up, but I don't think Jason was there, just the Joker. So it was like a mystery whether or not he, uh, Joker killed him or did whatever to him. Or they're going to lead a rebellion, turn Gotham against Batman by villainizing him, showing the damage he and Joker have caused, expose the corruption between politics and the vigilantes. And he needs Harley to do it. And she's on board. She's on board to be the good guys that are really the bad guys and then it cuts over to bruce he's had some event some kind of looks like a charity event yeah and he was uh donating that car oh and then he hears on the news harley and the joker on the news talking about uh how the police gave him his freedom and the people of gotham especially the poor and the middle class embraced his message and they are oppressed 99 percent who are more affected by gotham's corruption 
And he says, "What?" they ask him, what about Batman? And he calls Batman the pit bull of the 1%. Bruce kind of loses it. He's just getting really pissed off. This is what I thought was really interesting was um, the Batman zoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, a clever inclusion of you know, something that could that you can see really happening in the real world. That's what's actually happening in New York. And Murphy lives over here, so I wouldn't be surprised if he applied it to it. Basically, he's talking about um, Batman fighting crime in poor neighborhoods, which the city then labels as bad impact zones, uh, which drops the price of real estate even more. Those zones receive grants in order to rebuild the trick. Uh, The trick is to buy right after a zone is declared and then flip it after the taxpayers foot the repair bill. So yeah, shit like that actually happens. He's like, you're profiting from Batman's war on crime. He's like, crime is the best bet in Gotham. Well, you know what I'm talking about. The uh, the little meeting that yeah. Joker, Jack Napier, and Harley Quinn has. Um, First of all, I love those Harley Quinn, the glasses she's wearing. Those big, round, red-tinted glasses. That's so cool, man. Sean Murphy's design for all the rogues, buildings, Batmobiles, his design is so sweet, man. I really hope we get like an action figure line from his stuff, cause uh, yeah, that would be so cool. like like how they did the Jay Lee figures and everything. Yeah, yeah, I'm ones right. that look exactly like this would be so cool. Now this this page is the one I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Oh, what's cool is Other... um, they're actually in like a lighthouse, aren't they? Like a a building next to a lighthouse. Yeah, and that's kind of cool. Instead of you know your typical warehouse. Yeah, they talking about their shared history, all the times that they went after Batman, mm. and. Uh, Joker says, whenever we spoke, it turned into a game of who almost got him. You know, yeah. obviously referring to the Batman the Animated Series episode. And, and Croc. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, after a couple panels, it cuts to, uh, well, part of Croc and, uh, and Baby Doll's face. <laughs> and Croc saying, it was a big rock. Yep. So big cool. nod to the episode. Big nod to Almost Got Him, one of the greatest Batman the Animated Series episodes of all time. You know what would be a great twist in the issue is if that was also Bruce right here. Oh my goodness, dude. (laughs) That would be fucking hilarious. I love what Murphy did here. Um, Instead of showing each rogue, he only shows like their hands and what they're drinking. So, like, mm. you see Penguin's gloves and, like, an ice, iceberg vodka. You know, Crocs with Baby Dolly got, like, that rum jug or whatever it is. And her juice box. Yeah, and the little juice box. <laughs> you got um, the Riddler with his little flask that has a puzzle piece on it. And, and you, you got can a, see his paint. Two-Face has, in one hand, he has a wine glass. In the other hand, it looks like, like an energy drink or something. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought it was, too. Scarecrow's drinking pumpkin ale or pumpkin bread beer what's really because you see the ventriloquist but scarface the dummies holding up a little cup yeah and, you you only see uh you only see a silhouette of wesker and yeah. you actually see scarface and you see ivy has a drink bane has a sh- shot glass next to scorpion tequila yeah so so much uh so much good detail uh, put in there who so then on the next panel they sh- oh okay so at first i wasn't quite certain but uh that's the scarecrow with that elongated mask and the top hat yeah so that's cool and so, it, his bane is massive yeah i love how super stylized all of his, all of sean murphy's rogues are yeah, his bane is amazing that's a really cool looking bane so different uh ivy looks great in the green trench coat great looking two-face harley quinn ha- hands jack napier to fucking um mad hatter's hat with the mind control device in it yeah 
Obviously, you see everybody drinking at this meeting. Someone asked where Clayface is. He's here, more or less. Yes, okay, so after, yeah, after they asked Jack where Clayface is, he's here, more or less. The Joker has the mind control device on Ted, and he has play, the playing card triggers in Clayface's head, controlling him. And each person who, everyone who drank something that night, there was, I guess, a little piece of clay in their drink. So now he's able to control everyone. Yeah, he, he yeah, well, through what, yeah, whatever he had, uh, something was in all, all of their drinks so that uh, he could control all of them. Yeah. But he also says that it's difficult to control all of them. He wants to convince them. Harley asks, remind me why we can't use the Hatter cards on everyone. And uh, Jack says, we'd have to control a small army, and that's too difficult for the device. Uh, Much easier to control Clayface. Think of him as a conduit to boost the signal. So he's going to use Clayface. Yeah, like you said, there's these pieces of him. And they'll be yeah, using that to control everybody. So far, so good. Batman, White Knight, number two. That is uh, that is good shit. Take us through Batman, number 34. All right, I'm going to get it open. Right, so Batman 34 is the second issue of the Rules of Engagement. Uh, so at the end of War of Jokes and Riddles, uh, Batman has uh, repeated his proposal to Selina. She has accepted. But now they've uh, begun this. They took this trip out into the desert. We saw in issue 33, uh, they're both in their uh, kind of Nightmare Batman style uh, outfit. And we saw them traveling to a city, and in the end, they were arriving to where Talia is located. Uh, We didn't know why they were going there, but uh, Damien's, uh, when Alfred told Damien where they were going, he seemed convinced that his father wasn't going to live, to the extent that Damien started crying. So uh, this issue picks up there. They've arrived now in the city that they're not supposed to enter. Uh, the Justice League has an agreement with like the UN and everything that superheroes, supervillains are, are not permitted access to this city. So they've just snuck in. So they're now met with uh, Talia's guard. Uh, so all these, all these guys that are armed with swords uh, come out and they're, uh, they're ready for a fight. Bruce and Selina aren't sure why these guys have been sent out there, if, if they're there to kill them or if they're there to just take them in. But uh, either way, they, it just starts going down. So uh, we cut back to Talia. She's with, her, uh, with one of her uh, other advisors that's uh, kind of informing them of what's going on. You know, it informs her that uh, Bruce is there and he has, he has the cat with him and that they're engaged to be married. And... Uh, Talia kind of doesn't take it well. Uh, she's got a sword in her hand, and she just grips the blade and cuts her hand open. So, uh, she's uh, not taking things well. So we cut back out to uh, where the fight is, and they were fighting, well, I don't know, it was probably like 40 guys with, uh, with swords. So the two of them are just one by one taking all these guys apart. The whole time they're you know, having their, their back-and-forth chatter. Selena keeps making... Uh, references to you know is this is this about the x <laughs> i love that the x <laughs> <laughs> and every time bruce just you know obviously not denying it but doesn't want to hear it i like how selena's uh, kicking so, their asses though she feels like yeah she... they're, they're both going to town on these guys yeah particularly her she's throwing the guys around and uh when bruce uh describes talia as the most dangerous woman alive selena's not a fan of that because obviously uh, she would uh, she would have a different opinion. So they continue taking these guys apart, continuing the, their talk as they take them all down. Then we cut to, I think this is back outside the city. Yeah. Uh, 
so Damien has arrived there and he wants to, to get in and be a part of this, you know, presumably to make sure that his father doesn't get killed by his mother. But uh, Superman is there and isn't going to let him enter. And I love Damien's attitude with this. This is quintessential punk ass disrespectful Damien uh, when Superman drops down in front of him and just says no Damien says everyone fights you with kryptonite I'd use magic <laughs> and just, I draw a circle on the ground then a pointy <laughs> star chat with some demon blah 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 my soul presto changeo abracadabra <laughs> yeah. you're dead <laughs> such a smug little prick and it's yeah. fantastic yeah. but then uh, Dick shows up uh, You know, obviously they, they traveled together and this leads to a, a really good moment uh, between them. You know, yeah. Superman kind of, you know, explains, you know, his his side, you know, where why he can't let them in. That it's in the end, it's Batman's own rules that they can't go in there. So Superman explains that, then has to take off, and we have this really cool little moment uh, between Dick and Damien that uh, plays back to the pre fifty two run where they were Batman and Robin. Yeah, and they have a I'm with you to the end of the line kind of moment here. Yeah, exactly. Because Dick just sits there with them and they're going to kind of just sit there and wait. You know, Damien says, I'll wait. He's just going to wait and see if, if Bruce comes back out. Uh, so uh, Dick says, I'll wait with you. And yeah, has his, uh, they have their, their Bucky moment. Uh, he, he almost says it, he says, all the way to the end. Yeah. I... From the beginning and all the way to the end. So it's just a cool little moment that really plays back uh, to that pre-52 run. Batman and Catwoman are laying on the ground tired from beating all those tongueless warriors, I see. Oh, yeah, we, we left that out uh, while they were fighting those guys. There's the the part where uh, Bruce points out that the the rebound, when he punches them on the jaw, the rebound is off, and he, he knows from that that their tongues have been removed. <laughs> That's some crazy detective stuff. And Selena even made a joke about how it was it was pretty good detecting but maybe not the world's finest. <laughs> they're worn out and they're bloody. Yeah, yeah, that that was not something I expected. But we find out that, yeah, this is why they're here. And it makes sense because going back to the beginning of Tom King's uh, Batman run, uh, when Selina first came into it, she was taking the fall for having killed, uh, you know, a hundred something people and uh, we find out later on that it was actually Holly who had done it uh, she'd killed these guys that were responsible for burning down the orphanage they lived in and uh, Selena was taking the fall for it and she was supposed to have gone uh, gone to jail and I think she was gonna get the death penalty Jeez. but uh, I think she was gonna get the death penalty but then maybe uh, if I remember right maybe Bruce had uh, gotten it plead down to just life or something either way at this point, if they're going to continue their life together, they have to clear her name. You know, yeah. They can't live with just a fugitive. So they had found out that Holly was hiding out in this, in this little village that superheroes are not supposed to, uh, supposed to enter. Batman's on the floor fighting Talia, has a sword in him. And then Talia keeps asking, Selina, do you have a sword? Do you have a sword? <laughs> she, Catwoman pretty much rips the sword out of Batman. Yeah. And she's yeah, like, he takes it out of his back. <laughs> she's like, got one. Tally's like, good. Then shall we? And then Catwoman just goes, meow. <laughs> like a cat I fight. Love that. Tally and Catwoman fighting. And and you, the way these first two issues went, like the pacing of this issue, mm. basically the whole thing was Bruce and Selina fighting those guards. And then we come to the stare down between Talia and Selina. So it 
kind of feels like the next issue will entirely be their fight. Batman number 34 that we just covered, right? To wrap it all up, in Commissioner Gordon's office on Devil's Night is Batman the Devastator, which is a uh, Dark Knight's metal tie-in, and this is... I guess the Batman, the Superman version of the Dark Multiverse, right? Is that what? Uh, yeah, what and uh, this uh, this is by Frank Thierry, James Tynan, and Tony Daniel. Batman: The Devastator. We open up with um, the Dark Multiverse Superman slash Batman version of Batman uh, fighting Lobo. He's fighting Lobo in Earth Zero, which means that's our yeah, Earth. On, on, Earth. Yeah, on the main Earth. Yeah. Right. Okay, so Devastator has already been brought to Earth Zero by uh, Batman Who Laughs. He takes Lobo, he hooks Lobo to a chain from the chest and swings him and throws him into the sun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then, all right, this Batman is someone that's infected with the Doomsday virus. Is that correct? Is that what's going on? Indeed. Yep, and uh, we learn uh, all the details surrounding it uh, as we get through this issue. Because uh, Jimmy's talking to Lois at the Daily Planet about, what was it, like an invasion? Or yeah, Jimmy was supposed to get some shit done for, for Lois, but he's been uh, glued to his computer watching all these news reports about how bad everything's getting. Yeah, there's a lot of cra- I guess that has to do with all the multiverse Batman at this point. And then Lois is leaving and she's confronted by Bruce who she thinks is Bruce. He's talking about how Clark is the problem. And then you see his hands start to change into that doomsday rock texture. And then the next thing you know, he transforms into this, um, the Devastator, the doomsday Batman dark multiverse version. He made it so he can never get hurt again by Superman. I believe from his Earth, Superman was a power-driven asshole. Yeah, he he had gone bad in that world. So you see... uh, Batman with the Batman vs. Superman kryptonite spear. There, there's so much uh, movie influence going in the comics right now. And Batman gets his arms zapped off by Superman's... Heat vision? In Earth, yeah, the heat vision in Earth 1. Batman's saying, I really loved you, Clark. I believed in the world you promised us. You made me hope for a better future, but I know that is that was all a lie. And he clicks something on his utility belt that makes him transform into this... Into the Devastator, the Doomsday Batman of this world. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he, he released uh, the Doomsday virus into himself. Okay, so that's what he did. And then he goes after Superman and pretty much kills him in a similar way that he was killed in Batman vs. Superman, only from the yeah. back instead of the front this time. He breathes into his face, and it looks like he breathes, it, yeah, it looks like the, the kryptonite uh, grenades that Batman uses, but he's breathing it out. Then it looks like the virus just causes the rocks to you know, explode from Superman's body, and it just it just kills him as they tear through his body. Yeah, and then, yeah, he's he's a mess on that next page. And then the man who laughs shows up like a Cenobite. I would love to hear what this guy's voice sounds like in like an animated feature or something. Cause you, I bet he sounds like Pinhead or something. You know, you know how Pinhead used to talk. Yeah just fuck goes right through you i can imagine like this one having having like that kind of presence but more of like a a hissing sound to his words as well i don't know i would love to hear it yeah you yeah you have to imagine that he's it's going to be a little bit more of a broken up voice uh like like joker style yeah then completely like uh like the deep uh bass tones of pinhead devastator asks joker i thought he killed you and he was like, oh, no, you misunderstand. The two of us were in a set, you see. We're both Bruce Wayne gone terribly wrong. Yeah, that that's what it kind of said. It, it'll be really interesting to see exactly where he comes from. And we're uh, on the verge of getting that issue. We also never, we haven't seen the planet he's from. 
a broken planet that was never meant to be. Yeah, yeah that's true, too. But, and he's like, what if I told you there was a world where everybody still loves and trusts Superman? Love how he entices all these different dark multiverse Batman to come. Even the way that he does that, the way he comes in and talks to, uh, to everyone to en- entice them into being part of this, uh, this invasion with, you know, with promises of, of what it's going to do for them. It, it, it all plays a lot like pinhead with, uh, we have such sites to show you. Yeah. I, I was thinking the same thing, man. I watched three, four and one, the Hellraisers this past weekend. And, you could see so much influence in yeah. Dark Knight's metal with these uh, multiverse Batman and Pinhead and, and how they break through the third wall or these bad these dimensional barriers and entice people or go after people and show off their power and get really creative with the way they are. Brings a Devastator on board. All right, so Earth Zero is currently being infected by Doomsday Virus as well. Yeah, uh, when when Bruce uh, shook Lois's hand and we saw his skin turning, he had... yeah. A, let the infection out into the city. He also explained to Lois that um, she'll she'll see how much stronger she is without Superman around. And he explains that her prolonged exposure to Superman's cells are keeping her from changing as fast as everyone else is. Superwoman or Supergirl? Oh, yeah. They show up trying to go after the Devastator. Supergirl goes after him. They don't fare well against him, though. No, and you could see how people are just turning into being infected by the doomsday virus. Like that cab driver looks like he's uh, just turned to rock or something. Home. Yeah, not, not not everyone survives the uh, the transformation process. He goes back home. She sees uh, Superboy. Yeah, Jonathan. She has this panic room set up for him in case something happens where nothing on Earth could touch him. Or yeah, yeah. She explains that... Uh, they had built this safeguard into the house in case the worst happened. Yeah. Uh, so they, they've built this room that nothing could get into if he needed to be protected. And she explains that not even his father could get into the room. Well, he's on the other side of it. He could see that she's transforming due to the doomsday virus. So, and what's the Devastator taking up into orbit? The anti-monitor is uh, uh, the uh, cosmic antenna. Cosmic tuning fork? Yes, that's that's what it's called. All right, so this is the so the cosmic tuning fork is what he had to get from underneath the Fortress of Solitude, and he brought it up to Gotham. He brought it up to that mountain in Gotham City, and Gordon sees him. Then they cut back to this, the Dark Multiverse, where it's kind of like a jail cell. They're showing like different versions of Superman in prison there. Yeah, we see uh, Superman for sure, and then there are, there are other beings there too. I'm not, I don't know who some of the other ones are. So that was the Devastator. And then we get at the uh, bottom left of that last page that uh, very exciting little uh, little bit that says next the dark knights continue to rise in the batman who laughs number one batman who laughs comes out uh, november 15th yeah right in the middle of the month two days before justice league and i think doomsday clocks come starting around then too right uh yeah it's yeah maybe even the same week let's see doomsday clock number one comes out the week after the batman who laughs that's out uh november 22nd so that was a good one commissioner gordon's office on devil's night we covered batman white knight number two batman number 34 and batman the devastator harley quinn back in gotham to talia versus catwoman all the way to batman infecting himself with the doomsday virus to kill superman drunk lorraine till manana Nah. Halloween ain't till manana, blokes. Happy Halloween. Happy New Comic Day. Happy Day of the Dead. Happy Devil's Night. Happy, happy, happy. Hey, Gotham Dwellers. 
Make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.